Welcome to Social Work Insider Podcast. My name is Harlani Vasquez, a licensed social worker and social work career coach. This podcast is the go-to resource for my fellow social workers to become the best version of themselves. Each episode, I'm going to share different mindset, entrepreneur, and career tips for you to implement towards your professional development. Are you ready? Let's go. Enjoy. Welcome back, my fellow social workers. I am so excited to kick off season two of Social Work Insider. And this episode is going to be filled with so many gems because today I have the amazing Mark Betry that is going to be going over so many gems when it comes to dealing with social anxiety, you know, um, networking as an introvert. And I'm just so excited to have him as a guest. Mark, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. It's my pleasure. I would love if you can share a little bit about yourself, you know, for my audience to get to know you, um, to, you know, understand what you're all about before we start jumping into this into conversation. Yeah, you know, um, personally for me, you know, I spent almost every single day of my life trying to just really hide from the world, trying to stay as small as possible, trying to be silent, uh, you know, didn't want anybody to know my story, didn't really know I had a story. And today, basically, all I talk about um, is my story and speak for and coach people for a living. And really, what I do is I help people who have faced the same issues like me, like social anxiety and, you know, other mental health issues, um, really be able to transform and help recover and grow forward to help themselves be themselves in front of anybody, regardless of the situation. So, um, so yes, thank you for having me on. Of course. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for all you all that you do. And, you know, I, I really wanted, obviously, to bring you on the podcast, because, you know, as social workers, you know, as obviously, if you know me, you know that I am huge, huge extrovert, but it's coming from a place of we don't really take the time to discuss, you know, topics like this, right, that is coming from a place of letting others know, of course, regardless if you're a social worker or not, or just someone within the mental health space, there's so much noise to the point that people may think like, oh, you have to be a certain way but I really wanted just to bring that level of awareness to know like you're your own person and and there's no like you know concrete um when it comes to how you should be within this particular field right because of course as most people may know when it comes to working within the mental health space a lot of you know roles will be you know with direct practice and you know being a therapist or even you know as fellow job seekers putting yourself out there I mean a lot of my main methods have to do with like networking and going on LinkedIn, but I know that looks different for everyone, especially when it comes to even their ability to put themselves out there. So I would love if you can, you know, start the conversation with sharing, you know, some insights or tips or even, or let me actually piggyback, actually first highlighting what does social anxiety look like? Because, you know, many people may not be aware that they currently are dealing with that. And same goes with, you know, being... I guess a fellow introvert as well. I know the two can go hand on hand as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So when it comes to social anxiety, uh, a lot of the times people, especially looking on the outside, they think like, Oh, someone who's socially anxious is somebody who, 
you know, maybe is shy, maybe doesn't really have any friends and just like kind of hangs out by themselves and, and alone. And a lot of the times, like that's not necessarily true. Um, a lot of people with social anxiety, some of them are actually extroverts. And a lot of the times what really happens is some, some people are shy. Some people aren't who experience social anxiety. And like, for example, I work with people who have millions of followers on Instagram to CEOs of companies that have hundreds of employees and people who are very successful, people who have a social life, have a family, um, you know, try their best. They try their best to be healthy and they experience social anxiety. And a lot of the times, like people uh, look at the lens of social anxiety as like, oh, you know, you just need to like put yourself out more or you just like need to, you know, find friends or you just need to like, you know, not be shy. And sometimes that can be a factor, but a lot of times that's not necessarily true. And the reason why is because I really look at social anxiety as really like a brain health issue. I don't really look at it as um, like an issue in terms of someone being an introvert or an extrovert or being social or not social. A lot of times you can have people who have social anxiety who actually are extroverts and actually like people and like being social. But what happens is when they try to speak up, be themselves, face whatever, um, their brain basically goes through this algorithm that basically shuts them down internally. And a lot of the times this starts around the ages of like nine to 13. And usually what this looks like is eventually like you have someone who's in their twenties, maybe they're in their thirties, forties, and they're not really in a career that they enjoy. Um, and they're not really living the life that they actually want to be living. They're just sort of living like this life that they've sort of been forced to choose because of their social anxiety. And a lot of times there's other issues like under the hood, for example, like almost, um, it's very common for someone to, who experiences social anxiety to also experience like, uh, like stomach problems, um, or like sleeping problems or, or problems with like alcohol. And so a lot of the times, like social anxiety, it's sort of looked at as like, oh, you know, they're just like very shy or, oh, they just need to like get out more or they need friends. A lot of the times what it is, is it's, it's actually a brain health issue that is really stopping them from being themselves. And it's, it's, it's very dangerous. And like, for example, you know, like Harvard University did a, did a meta-analysis study and they showed that in America, social anxiety is not only one of the most common mental health issues, it's also the most associated with substance abuse, social isolation, and suicide. And personally for me, when I was about like 18, that's literally exactly what happened to me. I got, I faced all those different issues. And it's really because I had no idea that I had this sort of issue, um, social anxiety. And I just had no idea because I just thought it was me. Like, I just thought that every time that I got shy or I just couldn't be myself, I thought it was me. I was like, oh, I'm just going to try harder next time. Or I'm just going to like try to not say this thing and not embarrass myself. But then once I got older, I started to realize like, oh, this actually is not me. This is not like my personality. 
my brain is sort of, um, I don't want to say dysfunctional, but my brain is in a dysfunctional loop based on my past, based on my genetics, based on my epigenetics, like what I do now, based on the state of my brain, based on so many other factors. And so that's what social anxiety is. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing that. Of course, like you said, from the outside looking in, it can, it can, you know, look and it can hinder when it comes to different types of behaviors. And like you said, it's, it's like basically not a one size fits all, right? Because some of my people may think like, oh yeah, they're introverted. Definitely is going to go hand on hand with having social anxiety. So, you know, thank you for sharing that. And for painting that picture, because it's definitely something that is not often spoken about. And, you know, you, you also said it very beautifully about, you know, not feeling like you're also in alignment, right? Like maybe kind of feeling like you have to go to the next level and the next level to kind of feel something when it comes to, you know, it may feel like you're in constant battle with your, you know, every day to day, which is something that I can only imagine how difficult it can be for someone. And, you know, I would love if you can share some insights or some tips on how to even break that, you know, kind of overcome that when someone is currently dealing with that on every day to day, at least, you know, the foundational, right? Because it's something that, like you said, the, you know, brain health issues. So it's something that, you know, seeking additional help and support and guidance coming from that particular place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, um, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I can't really give medical advice or tell people to see certain people. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is that um, I want to say like 85, 90% of people that I work with on a regular basis um, have sort of seeked what I would say traditional help, like going to therapy and doing different things and signing up for like different like therapy apps and whatnot. And a lot of the times, like, of course, these things can be helpful um, and they can definitely help you cope with it. They can teach you strategies. But unfortunately, most people are never really able to change their life at a meaningful level. And the reason why is because you can like have all the strategies in the world. And there's definitely some strategies you can do to, to like help. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times you really need to treat this um, almost like, you know, like a recovery. Like if, for example, if you break your leg, right, it's not like all of a sudden you go to the doctor and they're like, hey, you know, here's this pill or like, hey, you just need to do this stretch and then tomorrow you're fine. No, you have to go through like this three month, six month period to where they give you a cast. And then maybe the next month you come back and they give you a different kind of cast. And then they maybe assign you physical therapy. And really the goal of it is to like really recover like this sort of broken thing. And I think a lot of the times when it comes to social anxiety and when it comes to your brain and your mind, you have to do the same thing. And so that's really like the, the biggest message that I could say because it's never going to be just one strategy. You really have to, um, you know, you have to work with other people. You have to seek help. You have to um, get in some kind of like recovery um, for it. And for example, you know, like one of the, like, you know, some of the most effective things that I've seen work with social anxiety um, is really just like looking at your brain health. And I know I've said that before, and what I mean by that is at the most basic level, your brain is an organ that requires a handful of things. Um, it needs to sleep. 
it needs to move. Like your brain's number one job is to control your body to like control volunt- uh, like muscles. Um, your brain also consumes a lot of what you eat, like what you put in your mouth, your brain consumes a lot of that. And so one layer of recovering from social anxiety is looking at your brain health from those prisms, just in terms of like your nutrition, uh, looking at something called the gut microbiome, uh, making sure that you're going outside in the sunlight. That's very important. Uh, moving, sleeping, all these like very basic things that, um, unfortunately the vast majority of us either were not taught or, are in some sort of dysfunctional cycle with them because of modern technology, because of marketing, because of addictions. Um, and so the first part of social anxiety is looking at the brain uh, from that perspective. And then number two is it's really the second part of it is your mind. So your mind and your brain are separate. And there's a lot of things you can do to retrain your mind. But one of the most effective ones for social anxiety is mindfulness meditation. Like in 2008, Stanford University did a study and they showed that social anxiety, social anxiety is equally, if not more effective at treating social anxiety than most forms of therapy and other um, like, you know, pretty mainstream effective healing measures. And then, you know, if you've done those things that I mentioned, then you can do something called exposure therapy and you can do by yourself. You can do it with someone else. Um, and you basically break social anxiety down into like multiple layers and you systematically and incrementally expose yourself to each one of those layers. Um, so for example, one of the layers of social anxiety is people will get anxious about their physical appearance. Uh, and so personally for me and like my story, um, I ended up growing up in this small town that uh, was pretty wealthy, uh, but I, but me and my family, we were not wealthy. And I remember like wearing the same clothes to school every day. And I remember building up just like a lot of social anxiety just around how I looked and my clothes. And so that I knew was a layer for me. And so one of the things that I started doing was I started to like purposely wear the craziest clothes in like the most public, um, you know, places, you know, I wear like bright pink shorts and, and like tight pants and a tight shirt and just like the craziest clothes I could find. And I would go in public on purpose. And, um, and yeah, you know, I, I, that's not the first thing that I did to deal with social anxiety. It's one of the things that I did. Um, but that definitely really works. Um, but what I would say too, is that like, just as a disclaimer is that if you are someone who like has experienced social anxiety your entire life and you, you, you've never done any of these things that I talked about before in terms of, uh, getting your brain health, right. And managing your mind, I definitely do not recommend starting off with exposure therapy because from my experience, what I've learned is that the vast majority of people who start to learn that they have social anxiety, a lot of times, like when you Google things like articles on how to do this, a lot of the times exposure therapy or something similar is often like one of the first like tips that people give. But the reality is, is that it's literally almost impossible mm-hmm. to get someone who has faced social anxiety 
to successfully do exposure therapy with help or without help. Uh, and a lot of the times when people are, are like do that and they don't, they're not successful, they fail. And that the same thing happened for me. Like when I first realized I had social anxiety, I would try to do this exposure therapy and then I try to do it. And then it just made me stress out more because I wasn't successful that definitely can make the problem worse. So that's a disclaimer in terms of like, you know, if you've never done anything, you're not on like a recovery path program, definitely don't start with exposure therapy first. But if you are, exposure therapy can definitely be a very uh, powerful technique to start to unwind the layers of social anxiety. Wow, thank you for sharing that particular breakdown. I mean, it, it's so helpful to, you know, to, to hear from your experience. And of course, thank you always for sharing your story. You know, it's definitely helping others, you know, realize that they're not alone, that that there's more, right, to, you know, basically life, right? And kind of going back to what you said is that time's not trying to feel that you're in alignment, right? And I also want to go back to when you said mindfulness. I know there is an app like Headspace. Um, I know that, you know, that's definitely an app that um, can be very beneficial to, you know, if you want to start, whether it comes to, you know, meditating and kind of, I mean, what do you say an app like Headspace can be, you know, very helpful, at least for someone who's first starting to really, you know, reflect on where they currently are to help them with that? Um. I definitely think Headspace is cool, but I definitely think there's there's like some better apps. And honestly, what I would say is that um, meditation is kind of like going to the gym, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of times I think meditation, it's like marketed as like, hey, do this and you're going to be calm and you're going to be peaceful. And there definitely are meditations that teach that. But um, a lot of the times, like that's not necessarily the case. Right. Like, for example, like when you go to the gym, the goal is not to be peaceful. Right. Like because, you know, like if you don't if you don't like pump yourself up and like lift the weights or run whatever, then you don't really like get that good feeling that comes from going to the gym. And it's not like you go to the gym to like get a six pack in a day, you know, and so a lot of the times I think meditation is very similar to that of like it's really like going to the gym, but for your brain. So it's not going to be fun. It's probably not. It's going to be painful, but it's definitely going to be worth it. Like you're going to have a jacked brain and you're going to be able to be more focused than other people. You're going to be able to uh, not be as emotionally reactive to other people. And, um, and so basically what I'm saying is that you really have to like go into meditation with an open mind and, and an understanding of like, this is not going to be easy and I have to invest and I have to like commit to it, you know? And so if you're that kind of a person, what I honestly think is best is you should probably, you should either get like a, a good, like meditation course, or you should hire like a meditation trainer. Like you should really go all out because it's a huge investment. Um, it could be a huge investment to your mental health and really everything you do, you know? So you could do Headspace. There's other apps. There's like Insight Timer, um, but I would say like, if you have the resources, you should try to like, take like a meditation course. Cause you should really try to learn as much as you can about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the brain is definitely very, very powerful. And, you know, I also want to piggyback to what you said about, 
that, you know, on your experience based on, you know, the previous clients that you have worked with has been, you know, extroverts, right? Majority like extroverts when it comes to social anxiety. So, you know, I know you also mentioned about, you know, kind of feeling like you're not in alignment, but I would love if you can now share just how would that look like exactly? Like maybe some of the, you know, I don't want to say traits, but some of the most situations that you've seen when it comes to someone who's extroverted that you're like, wow, they have, you know, social anxiety that someone may not even pick, you know, think that they actually do, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think that if you're going to like a social event or you're going to some kind of gathering and like the first, uh, like the first place you go to is you go to the bar or the dessert table, I think that's hint number one. And like the reason why is because um, alcohol numbs your brain. So if you have social anxiety, you, you're more free to be yourself. Mm-hmm. But obviously alcohol is not a long-term safe solution. Um, and then when it comes to like the dessert bar, um, believe it or not, like for some people, the way that some people's brains have grown over time is for them, like a stress relieving mechanism is to eat sugar. And so I'm definitely guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then like, for example, too, like uh, when it comes to like your liver, there is no difference between sugar and alcohol. So sugar and alcohol are the same to your liver. And so a lot of the times it's usually the same kind of person. It's the bar and the dessert bar. That's one. Number two is like, if you always talk about the same thing. So if you go to an event and like, you're always talking about the same thing, some people may perceive that as like, you're boring or you're like very single-minded Um, but a lot of the times that can be a trait of social anxiety because a lot of people are very insecure about themselves. So they would rather sort of create this mask of like, oh, I'm the guy who always talks about finance, or I'm the guy who always talks about this and that. And then if that's all of your social interactions all the time, then that can be definitely a sign, uh, of social anxiety. Um, another one, for example, is feeling like, like you, like you can have sort of like a picture perfect family. You can have like a a partner who loves you. You can have like friends, you can have a social life uh, to where, you know, people love you and people care about you. But if you feel like just no matter what, like you still kind of feel alone, like you're not really able to connect to people. That's also um, sort of another sign. So I hope that helps. There's some, and you know, I don't want to make it too like broad or general. (laughs) And and I thank you for that. I think it it was, you know, that sweet spot, right? Kind of, of course, it's going to vary from everyone, right? Because everyone's, you know, unique with their own characteristics and all those things. I I just wanted to paint that picture. Of course, my fellow social workers, if you're hearing this, I don't want you to start, you know, self-diagnosing yourself and going through a book and say, oh my God, I have this. No, no, no. That's definitely not my intention. I just wanted, you know, to bring that level of awareness when it comes to, you know, this particular, you know, topic. And another thing, 
thing that I want to touch base is, you know, when it comes to introverts, right? Like, what would you say in your experience when it comes to just, you know, putting themselves out there when it comes to networking, right? Because, you know, we hear this all the time. You have to network, you have to message people, especially for job seekers, you know, when it comes to them, you know, trying to find their next opportunity. Like, what would you say, you know, to, to them and, and, basically going over those particular strategies of any when it comes to putting themselves out there. Yeah. I mean, what I would say is that um, if you can get your brain in the right state of mind, you can use your brain like a tool to really accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. So like the same way that, you know, for example, like a telescope, is a tool that you can use to like look at the stars. And then depending on how you move the telescope, you can see the moon or you can see Venus or, you know, I don't know what you can see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would say is like to those kinds of people, use your brain like a tool to get what you want, to, um, to help yourself be confident, to help yourself be yourself without, you know, the need to be fearful or to let that fear dominate your brain, you know? And so I would say just that generally, and obviously there's a thousand ways in which you can go about it. Um, you know, what I would say is that, um, you know, like just kind of like, a, I don't, like, you know, I don't know why I'm thinking about this, but just like a small random tip is that if you're someone who like gets socially anxious before you go to like an event, one thing that you can do um, that actually will definitely help you for the most part. And obviously, you know, you should talk to your doctor before taking anything or whatever. Um, But like, for example, like there's different supplements that you can try that could give you like a 10% assist in training your mind and your brain before going to a social event. So for example, Um, if you're someone who's socially anxious and like, you know, you before, you know, whatever, before it's like an interview or do whatever, um, obviously I'm not saying do anything that's dangerous, but one supplement that you can try, um, is like, there's a supplement called, uh, like GABA and it's, it's like totally natural. It's not like drugs or anything. And you can buy it at any store. You can buy it online. Um, and for example, like you can take that supplement and that will, help your nervous system calm down by like 10%. Obviously I don't recommend taking it like every day. Um, and there's like different supplements where you can start to take them. And obviously like, of course, changing your diet. Um, those are like two things that in the long term actually really help people. Um, and I know obviously like a lot of people, when, when I, when you say supplement, there's so many different like beliefs, um, around it. And there's so many different issues with other supplements and, and problems and, and false marketing and all this stuff. Um, but I would definitely say like, that's a strategy that you can try, you know, and it's definitely, I think on the safer side. No, absolutely. And thank you for sharing that, you know, and it makes me think about, you know, some of the work that I do with my clients when it comes to, you know, helping them overcome, you know, those limiting beliefs. A lot of the work that I do is, 
I guess you would say it's, it's, it's kind of like cognitive behavior therapy, right? You know, really coming from a place of helping my clients, you know, really become aware of their own thoughts. And, you know, I would say sometimes a lot of the things I, I don't, I like to say, I don't, of course, not doing therapy with my clients, but it's coming from a place of, you know, maybe focusing a little bit on inner childhood work or many, because everything, you know, like you said, the brain is very powerful and something always stands from something in your own experience, right? It could have been like, you know, when was the last time someone told you that you couldn't do this? And when was the last time that, you know, you validated yourself when it comes to, you know, even putting, being able to put yourself out there. So it made me think of some of the work that I do with my clients and, you know, that particular feeling, like when I see my clients just light up, I can only imagine the same for you that, you know, when they realize like, wow, like I've been my, of course it's varies for everyone, but when they realize like, wow, I've been my biggest barrier all of this time. And like, I'm able to put myself out there, like I'm able to negotiate. So it's just that feeling that is absolutely priceless. So it made me think of that when you were sharing, um, you know, some of the strategies. That's so important. I love Mm -hmm. that too. Absolutely. And, you know, I also would love if you can now share. um, Well, pretty much, I know we've been speaking a lot, right? When it came to social anxiety and, you know, extroverts, introverts, you know, how to overcome, you know, certain situations. I mean, I would love if you can share a little bit more about, you know, your particular work when it comes to your clients, just in case, you know, someone's listening to this right now and they're like, wow, you know, I want to learn more about Mark. You know, I want to learn how, it, you know, it is to work with you. So I would love if you can share, you know, maybe there's something that you're currently working on or just, I mean, of course, I'm going to be putting all of this in the show notes. Um, but if I would, look, I would love if you can just share a little bit more um, just in case someone's listening to this and they want to work with you on another level. Yeah, definitely. You know, I have a few different ways people can work with me. Um, I mean, number one is I have a very uh, simple, very affordable online course that people can check out. And it's, it's like a 45 day step by step where like every day it like tells you what to do. Um, so that's one and then the website to that is markmetry.com slash program. And then I also do like group coaching. Like I actually just started a, um, like a new group uh, with people last week. Um, so I have Amazing. that. People can check it out at uh, markmetry.com slash group dash coaching. Um, and then of course, like I work with people one-on-one and I work with like different companies and organizations too. And really, yeah, really the best way for people to reach out to me is if people just go to my website, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y.com, then there'll be like a contact form. There's an email box. People can check out my podcast. I have a book, um, you know, all that stuff. So he, he thank you so much for having me on. This of, was awesome. He is a man of many, many things. So you heard him loud and clear. Make sure to check him out. All of the links are in um, the show notes. And thank you so much, Mark. I mean, this was absolutely amazing. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in on this week's episode on the Social Work Insider. For more resources, feel free to check out my website, yourevolvedmind.com. That's all for now. Till next time.